how can we hasten Christ's coming into our world? By Father Michael Rodriguez. What graces did God grant the Blessed Virgin in the nine days prior to the Annunciation, preparing for the Incarnation? Following the example of Our Lady and the practices of St. Joseph, what can we learn to hasten the triumphant reign of Mary's Immaculate Heart? All this and more is addressed by Father in this 22nd episode of the Fatima Center series, No Mary, No Jesus. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, Amen. We begin by praying. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior, because he hath regarded the humility of his handmaid. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed, because he that is mighty hath done great things to me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is from generation unto generations to them that fear him. He hath showed might in his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the conceit of their heart. He hath put down the mighty from their seat and hath exalted the humble. He hath filled the hungry with good things and the rich he hath sent empty away. He hath received Israel his servant being mindful of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever. Amen. These brief talks that I have been giving on the life of the Blessed Virgin Mary are based on the spiritual and mystical traditions of the Church. They are meant to help us know the life of Mary better and how the fullness of God's grace manifested itself in her and how she always corresponded faithfully to God's grace by prayer, good works, and excelling in holiness and virtue. The more that we know the life of Mary, the more we will know the infinite grandeur of Jesus Christ. We now come to two of the greatest events in the life of the Blessed Virgin Mary. The Annunciation and the Nativity of our Savior Jesus Christ. God created the Blessed Virgin Mary for this purpose. This is why He filled her with His grace This is why she was conceived without sin, her immaculate conception. This is why already in the beginning, before time began, she was chosen and prepared by the Eternal Father. And these are two of the greatest events in the life of the Blessed Virgin Mary, because they are two of the greatest events in the life of our Savior, Jesus Christ. All of God's grace flows backwards and forward in time from these two great salvific events. And I encourage you to spend time in meditation 
trying to grasp better the significance of this. All of God's grace flowing backwards and forward in time from these two great events. The more that one meditates on these two great events and the essential role of the Blessed Virgin Mary in each of them, the more one will understand and appreciate the magnificent truth that all grace comes from Jesus through Mary. These mysteries, the Annunciation, the birth of our Savior Jesus Christ, they're so central to our faith and to daily growth in holiness that the church directs our minds and our hearts to them every single day. And this is particularly why I encourage you to grow in your devotion to the prayer of the Angelus. As Catholics, we pray the Angelus three times every single day. 6 a.m. in the morning, 12 noon, 6 p.m. in the evening. And this beautiful prayer is commemorating and drawing from the grace of the Annunciation. It basically is, it's in prayer form, the mystery of the Annunciation. That Holy Mother Church is there placing in our daily lives three times every single day. This is how central this mystery is to our life as Catholics. So I encourage you to grow in your devotion to the prayer of the Angelus and then also to grow in your devotion to the last gospel. This is also called the prologue to St. John's Gospel. It's St. John's Gospel, chapter 1, verses 1 to 14. And if you go to daily Mass, at every single Mass, this Holy Gospel is proclaimed. And it's a great proclamation of the birth of our Savior Jesus Christ. We pray in that last Gospel and the Word was made flesh, and we genuflect at that time. This is also not by coincidence, it's also the Holy Gospel for Christmas Day, for the third Mass of Christmas, the Mass during the day. So, hopefully this talk will also inspire you to be more faithful and more devoted to these great prayers of the Church, the Angelus and the Last Gospel. Let us now reflect on how God prepared the Blessed Virgin Mary as the Blessed Day of the Annunciation approached. Following their wedding, Mary and Joseph arrived at the modest home which she had inherited in Nazareth. Mary said to Joseph, As a child, I consecrated myself to God by a solemn vow of perpetual chastity in body and soul. I am His, and I acknowledge Him as my spouse and Lord, with the firm resolve of preserving my chastity for Him. So I beseech you, my Master, to help me in fulfilling this vow. My dear spouse, Yield to this resolution 
and make a similar one in order that we may offer ourselves as a sacrifice to God. St. Joseph was overjoyed and with true supernatural love he replied, My heart rejoices in hearing your convictions in this matter. I also consider myself under greater obligation to the Lord than other men, for very early he called me by his enlightenment to love him with an upright heart. And I want you to know that at the age of 12, I also made a promise to serve him in perpetual chastity. So now I gladly ratify this vow, and in the presence of God I promise to help you as far as I can in serving Him and loving Him according to your desire. With His grace, I will be your faithful servant and companion, and I beg you to accept my chaste love and to consider me your brother. Both Mary and Joseph were now filled with heavenly joy and consolation. And God gave to St. Joseph new purity and complete command over his natural inclinations so that he might lovingly serve his holy wife without any trace of sensual desire. During the days that followed, as St. Joseph observed Mary's rare nobility and purity of soul, his admiration and love for her greatly increased. And he often joyfully thanked the Lord for having given him a companion so far above his merits. God also filled his humble heart with an indescribable reverence for Mary by means of the heavenly light which shone from her calm, beautiful, and majestic features. I'll make a few comments right now, and that is, as the Annunciation approaches, the Virgin Mary is growing in holiness and grace. Her desire and prayers for the coming of the Messiahs are growing in fervor and love. But this is not the only thing. Also, notice how St. Joseph is growing in his love and reverence towards Mary. This is key. Because we could say that what hastens the coming of the Messiah is not only Mary's love and prayers, certainly that. Many of the saints, um, you know, they speak about this. They talk about how it's Mary's faith, it's Mary's love, it's her prayers that hasten the coming of our Savior. So that without question, but also what is hastening the coming of the Messiah is a greater love and reverence for the Blessed Virgin Mary. Specifically on the part of St. Joseph, but we could say on the part of the world, on the part of all those who are piously and holily awaiting coming of the Savior, that it's growing on their part also, specifically through St. Joseph. And also something very important, I would say that's very specific to many of you, all of those of you that are joined in the holy bond of matrimony, 
all of those of you who are married. Notice how as the Annunciation approaches, what Mary and Joseph are doing is they're faithfully living out the duties of marriage. Especially obedience, service to one another, service and charity to one another, and sacrifice. This is something that is not insignificant and it's a remarkable aspect of the immediate preparations for the Annunciation. That is, holiness in married life. The great lesson for all of us is that in order for Jesus Christ to come more and more into our lives, into the lives of, for example, our children, holiness in married life is extremely important. After the example of Mary and Joseph and the plan of God, His plan in His infinite wisdom for the immediate preparation of the Incarnation. Now the time which Almighty God had appointed for the Incarnation of His Son was drawing near. Although the humble and lovely maiden in Nazareth who was destined to be his mother, never once thought that this great and widely expected event would directly involve her. Therefore, as a necessary and fitting preparation for the glorious mystery of the Annunciation, during the nine days which immediately preceded this decisive turning point in history, the Lord gave his chosen spouse and future mother a series of marvelous mystical experiences which raised her pure soul to a hitherto unparalleled degree of holiness and fervor and which also infused into her mind a thorough and profound knowledge of His creation. On the first day of this novena, when Mary, according to her custom, rose at midnight, and prostrated herself on the floor to praise the Lord, her soul was raised to a closer union with God. He revealed to her how He had created the universe purely out of overflowing love, and He showed her all that He had made on the first day of creation. When she saw that she too was formed of low earthly matter, she humbled herself profoundly. The Lord urged her to pray constantly for the union of the divinity with human nature, which he informed her was now due. With the deepest humility, Mary lay on the ground in the form of a cross, as the Holy Ghost had taught her, and she prayed for the redemption. On each of the following six days, she received an infused knowledge of the various works of God on the corresponding day of creation. On the seventh day, Mary heard God say to her, Our chosen dove, we wish to accept thee anew as our bride, and therefore we wish to adorn thee worthily. As Mary abased herself with charming modesty, Two seraphim proceeded to vest her 
with a beautiful white robe and bejeweled girdle, golden hair clasp, sandals, bracelets, rings, earrings, and a necklace, all symbolizing the various virtues that adorned her lovely soul. At midnight on the eighth day, Mary heard in prayer the voice of God saying, Come, my chosen one, come to me. I am he that raises the humble and fills the poor with riches. Thou hast me for thy friend. Since thou hast found grace in my eyes, ask of me what thou desirest, and I shall not reject thy petition, even if it be for a part of my kingdom. To which Mary replied with touching humility and love, O Lord, I do not ask for a part of thy kingdom on my own behalf, but I ask for the whole of it for all the race of men who are my brothers. And therefore, I beseech thee to send us our Redeemer. On the ninth day, the Lord placed a symbolic crown on Mary's head, which bore the mystic inscription, Mother of God. But she did not see these words. And all the heavenly spirits duly revered and honored her. Lastly, the Lord renewed and increased the unique beauty of her pure soul, so that her entire being dazzlingly reflected His own divine light. Mary more and more like unto God. Yet Mary continued to humble and abase herself in her own estimation. Her eyes and heart were not elated. On the contrary, the higher God raised her, the more lowly were her thoughts concerning herself. She did not once have a suspicion of anything great or admirable in herself. And her humility was so genuine and so deep that even now, the mere thought of her being chosen to be the mother of the Messiah simply could not enter her immaculate heart. We pray. Jesus, conceived by the Holy Ghost in the sacred womb of Mary, have mercy on us. Jesus, through whom the world was made, formed in the sacred womb of Mary, have mercy on us. Jesus' word made flesh, taking on a human body in the sacred womb of Mary, have mercy on us. Jesus, subject to human development in the sacred womb of Mary, have mercy on us. Jesus, nourished by the substance and blood of thy most holy mother in her sacred womb, have mercy on us. Jesus, whose precious blood first flowed through tiny arteries and veins in the sacred womb of Mary, have mercy on us. Jesus, leaping from eternity into time in the sacred womb of Mary, have mercy on us. Benedicto de Omnipotentis, Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti Descendat Super Vos, et Maniat Semper. Amen.
This presentation has been brought to you by the Fatima Center. Copyright 2021. All rights reserved. For more resources regarding the Catholic faith and the message of Fatima, and to support this vital apostolate with a much-needed donation, please visit our website, Fatima.org, or call us at 1-800-263-8160. So many souls need to know and love Mary, so as to truly know and love Jesus. For the glory of God and the salvation of souls, please share this talk with others. And may God reward you. Our Lady of Fatima, pray for us.